This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, our weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder the Sunday Mass readings. We are entering into this fifth Sunday and the fifth week of the Lenten season. We're getting really close to Holy Week and this time of Easter, but let's not get there too quickly. Let's continue to take each moment, the moments of preparation, these moments of prayer, these moments of that the beautiful three pillars of our Lenten discipline of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And let's continue to get into these readings and hear how the word of God is really calling us to conform our hearts, to conform our minds, uh, to really turn to the Lord, to open up our hearts, to make a good confession, to spend some time in Eucharistic adoration, to pray the rosary, to pray the chaplet of divine mercy. Uh, these are beautiful ways in which we grow closer in relationship to Jesus. This is the third scrutiny. We've been talking about these gospel readings, the beginning, the third, fourth, and fifth Sundays of, of Lent. We have the woman at the well, these really rich, rich readings of encountering Jesus, different ways that we really have this one-on-one, -on -one, this transformation of life, this woman at the well with the water of baptism that she desires, the water of eternal life. And in last week's reading, we had this encounter of the blind man. He didn't even ask to be healed, but, but the Lord picked up this clay. He mixed it with spittle. He wiped the eyes of the man and then told the man to go and dip in the water. And so with that water, that healing power, again, of encountering Jesus Christ. And today we're going to hear yet another encounter. And maybe this is the most dramatic of them all. If we visualize what's happening in this, this rising of the dead of Lazarus. And so we'll get into that in just a moment. Again, we welcome you on this fifth Sunday of the Lenten season, March 26th, year A. So let's begin with the first reading. It comes from the prophet Ezekiel. And this is the, the end of a longer section of the Valley of Dry Bones. And so let's hear what the word of God has to tell us through the prophet Ezekiel. Our first reading, Ezekiel 37. Thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves and have you rise for them and bring you back to the land of Israel. 
Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them, O my people. I will put my spirit in you that you may live, and I will settle you upon your land. Thus you shall know that I am the Lord. I have promised, and I will do it, says the Lord. The Word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm, Psalm 130, with the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my voice in supplication. With the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption. If you, O Lord, mark iniquities, Lord, who can stand? But with you is forgiveness, that you may be revered. With the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption. I trust in the Lord. My soul trusts in his word. More than the sentinels wait for the dawn, let Israel wait for the Lord. With the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption. For with the Lord is kindness, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all their iniquities. With the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption. Our second reading is a letter from St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8. Brothers and sisters, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. On the contrary, you are in the Spirit. If only the Spirit of God dwells in you, whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit dwelling in you. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Our gospel reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but it is for the glory of God that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, 
Are there not 12 hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. He said this and then told them, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death while they thought he meant ordinary sleep. So when Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died, and I'm glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe, let us go to him. So Thomas called Didymus said to his fellow disciples, let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have come to, to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. So when the Jews, who were with her in the house comforting her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said to him, sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be stench. He has been there for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. 
But because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. These readings are so rich, and I don't know if you get this sense of the reading of the Passion in these these three readings of these last three weeks in Lent, but there's there's this story as it slowly unfolds and the different characters and the different narrations of what's to come that it just, it takes me into Good Friday and to Palm Sunday of these beautiful accounts of the life of Christ, particularly as it leads to his passion and then ultimately to his resurrection. But I want to go first to this reading of Ezekiel. And I love the parallels of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Of course, the Old Testament, everything reflects Jesus, the coming of Jesus. We should see in everything this reflection of what happens in the gospel, in what we read in the accounts of the Old Testament. And so I want to just look into my Bible in Ezekiel, and it, it's a little bit of a long reading, but I think there's such a visualization if we think about Lazarus and we think about this man who has died and they've wrapped him in burial cloths and the Jews have done the proper ceremonial rites in which to bury somebody when they died. You know, think about him lying in this tomb isn't this such a foreshadowing of Jesus in the tomb with the with the tomb and the stone in front of the entrance of the tomb? But this is Ezekiel chapter 37, and it's called the vision of the dry bones in my in my version of the Bible, the New American Bible. And just visualize this coming to new life, this no more dry bones, this death to life, this new life that is being promised. And so let's read the whole piece of Ezekiel because it just, it gives me such encouragement that who is the one who gives all new life? And that is God, our creator through Jesus Christ. And so the vision of the dry bones says, the hand of the Lord came upon me. Again, this is Ezekiel. And he led me out in the spirit of the Lord and sent me in the center of the plain, which was now filled with bones. He made me walk among them in every direction so that I saw how many there were on the surface of the plain, how dry they were. He asked me, son of man, can these bones come to life? Lord God, I answered, you alone know that. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, see, I will bring spirit into you that you may come to life. I will put sinews upon you, make flesh grow over you, cover you with skin and put spirit in you so that you may come to life and know that I am the Lord. 
I prophesied as I had been told. And even as I was prophesying, I heard a noise. It was a rattling as the bones came together, bone joining bone. I saw the sinews and the flesh come upon them and the skin covering them, but there was no spirit in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the spirit, prophesy, son of man, and say to the spirit, thus says the Lord God, from the four winds came, O spirit, and breathe into these slain that they may come to life. I prophesied as he told me, and the spirit came into them. They came alive and stood upright, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They have been saying, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost and we are cut off. And this is where we get into the reading today. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, O my people, I will open your graves and have you rise from them and bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and have you rise from them, O my people. I will put my spirit in you that you may live and I will settle you upon your land. Thus you shall know that I am the Lord. I have promised and I will do it, says the Lord. This is a word of, of hope. This is a word that the Lord makes a promise and he will do it. He will do it. The faithfulness, the faithfulness of the Lord, and he will provide his spirit. We know that that spirit came in the waters of baptism. We know that the spirit came down and proclaimed, this is my beloved son, Listen to him as Jesus allowed himself to be baptized by John the Baptist. After that baptism, after that spirit of life, the spirit of life even engages Jesus in spiritual warfare. He goes into the desert to prepare for his final mission, which is the crucifixion, which is to be the sacrifice to shed his blood as a as an innocent sacrifice for all of humanity, for all those who believe in him. And yet the devil encounters him during that time of preparation in the wilderness, which we heard in the very first Sunday of the Lenten season, this being led by the spirit. And here's the spirit that gives life. We hear the conversation of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, spirit and life, spirit and life. And here in this beautiful account of Ezekiel, it's the spirit that brings life to the dry bones. Jesus will send us his Holy Spirit. In fact, it has been sent out to us. And we... Uh, Right here in, in, this is so beautiful, in Paul, what does he say? Whoever does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, we have that weakness of original sin. The spirit is alive in us because of its righteousness. If the spirit of the one 
who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. If that same spirit dwells in you, that's the same spirit that dwelled in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And at the moment of her, her own conception, the Immaculate Conception, that she is the mother of God in the incarnation. It's the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead will give our mortal bodies life, new life through his spirit dwelling in you. This is the hope. This is the good news. This is, this is what should keep us going and, and to not be derailed when we see the headlines and the latest offense against God, we can't let that take our attention. We recognize this is happening. And because it's happening, we need to hold on to even more that spirit and call for that spirit and interact with that spirit. And how do we do that? Through the sacramental life, through going to mass, through properly receiving the Eucharist, through prayer and adoration through reading scripture and surrounding yourself with the word of God through making a good confession often. You know, our church says once a year uh, as, a, as a rule and yet as often as necessary. And in, for most of us, it should be at least once a month. You know, I know priests and of course the Holy Father, many of the po past popes have said they go to confession every day. <laughs> How much, how much that they're thinking about, how many things that they're concerned about, about the world, about bringing unity and bringing the peace of Christ to people. If we're in the work of ministry, of missionary work, of evangelizing, and that simply means living out your vocation with authenticity for a woman, the feminine genius, our femininity is, is lived out in spiritual motherhood, for men to have that masculine sacrifice, to follow the guidance of St. Joseph, to follow the love of Jesus and to reflect the heart of Jesus in your fatherhood as a husband, as a priest, as a religious, as a single person out in the world, bringing good, bringing truth, bringing honesty and integrity to the work that you do in the world of work, in the world of service, in the world of caring for others. This is so important, the spirit. And so here we have Jesus. The lesson that I get from this, you know, and read this, read this over and over. Jesus takes his time. Martha and Mary are eager for an answer, are eager for a healing, are eager to have an intercession. They want their healing of their brother in their time. And don't we? How many of you have a sick person in your life? Uh, it could be you that have a sickness, an ailment of the mind, of the body, of the spirit. You're caring for a sick person. There are many sick people and, and, and sickness is in so many ways, whether it's addictions, whether it's loneliness, whether it's depression, whether it's mental illness, whether it's uh, so many things, poverty. We're all concerned about these ailments, dis-ease, and we want things to be done in a certain way, in a certain time. And yet Jesus is trying to share with his disciples, with Martha and Mary, 
I am the way. I am the resurrection. It's in God's time that all will be made new. We can't rush God. We can't dictate how he's going to answer in this cancer, in this divorce, in this human trafficking, in this abruption of church teaching. We can't say, God, over here, do this, do that. No, God has his time for each thing, and it's perfect divine time. If we would rest in God's time, and, tr- and, and truly, as this image behind me says, Jesus, I trust in you. If we pray that prayer through the chaplet of divine mercy, and then we say, but God, I want you to do this now. I want this healing. I want this treatment to go away. Uh, I want the end of the war. We're not trusting in God's way. Our hearts, what we can do in our time in this moment is to trust in the Lord, to put ourselves in the Lord's hands, to turn our life over to him through the sacramental life, through receiving Holy Eucharist properly and in a state of grace, through a surrender to God's will, The greatest example is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And think about how she was just quietly, patiently waiting, living her vocation. And then there was a moment when the incarnation happened and she was present in the moment to encounter the angel, the messenger of God, who started it all off by saying God's words that you have been called to be the mother of God, and you will name him Jesus. And how our blessed mother responds with openness, be it done unto me according to your word, according to the will of God in his timing. How can this be? I've promised to be a virgin. While she will be married to Joseph, she promised her virginity and she became a perpetual virgin. She is a perpetual virgin. She is the mother of God, and her openness and her cooperation to God's plan is what the lesson is we learn. There's an anxiousness and a desire to do my will in Martha and Mary at a sorrowful time of the death of their brother, Lazarus. Yet Jesus comes with love. He comes with his own timing and he comes to show that I do bring the real life. I am the resurrection and the life. Lazarus come out. What what is the dead bones, the wrapped up body that's in your closet that you need to come out and expose to the light? What is that, that weakness, that sin, that embarrassment, that guilt that you have. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to the light and let it be unbound. Let it be unbound. Untie the wounds that hold you back with sin. Untie him and let him go. Let's untie those sins in the sacrament of confession. Go to times of adoration. Spend time simply in the presence of our Lord in his Eucharistic presence, 
pray the Holy Rosary, meditate on the life of Christ, and come to believe in the resurrection of the Lord. God's peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.